bit of a background about Indic Academy, Swamiji. We have uh, been founded four and a half years ago uh, with a mission to build, to bring about a global Indic renaissance. And we wanted to do that by transforming individuals and building an ecosystem. We believe that Indic civilizational thought has a lot to offer to the world, especially in terms of peace, health, and happiness. Our mission and our strategy when we talk about transforming the individual is we do it with a strategy what we call as self, selfless, and self with a capital S. So first we try to help people discover their swadharma as to what they want to be, what they can be, and then make them think about themselves as social entrepreneurs and offer their knowledge and wisdom as an offering in the form of Nishkama Karma. And finally, when he is prepared, when he or she is prepared, they can pursue their true self. So we try to cover all these three aspects when we are seeking to transform the individual. We define ourselves as a non-traditional university for traditional knowledge. This morning, my friend Arundhati was talking about how the vision of Swami Chinmananda in terms of Gnana Yajna that he started, he felt that he was starting a university, an open university. So I was very happy to hear that from Arundhati, that we are also defining ourselves as an educational institution. But we are unconventional because we are trying to do it outside the classroom and outside the curriculum. And our target students is not the regular student. We are looking at students who are public intellectuals, who are housewives, who are retired people, who are seeking pursuit of uh, uh, moksha. And even when we are seeking the regular students, we are focusing on students who are wanting to pursue the shastras. So in that sense, we are uh, completely focused on in a non-traditional way. Over the last few years, four and a half years, we've done several innovative initiatives. And thanks to Nagarajji, specifically we have started a center called Inter-Gurukula University Center. So we are trying to bridge a gap between the universities and the gurukulams. And we try to focus on Shastra studies, Indology, and Indic knowledge systems. And again, try to bring, bring a, build a bridge between all these three things. And this idea was that we did not want to be like a regular university because we did not want to be caught into the, the UGC regulations and the myriad of controls that they tried to do. 
and we want it to be flexible. And we also want to achieve scale. So this concept of inter-university center is to become a hub for research, designing courses, and delivering teacher training programs to universities that want to offer Indic knowledge systems of Shastra studies in their respective universities, anywhere in the world. So we will have ready-made modules prepared for all aspects of our traditional wisdom so that we can become a teacher training hub. And that's how we can achieve scale. Insofar as actual events are concerned, we have recently done an international Vakirtasada in Varnasi, which I believe it was held after 70 years, where people from Bhutan, Nepal, and all over India participated. It was a very big event. So we are trying to promote the study of Shastras and through scholarships and through Vakirtasadas. We also want to become an open university so that people can study with the gurus under the Gruha Gurukula system, but they come to us for the semester exams and the end of the period they get a certificate. It's again an open university for Shastra system. We have right now uh, funding a model like that which is a very successful model called the Tenali exam, uh, which is being run for the 40 years by Anjaneh Sharmagaru. So we want to duplicate that. We are already supporting 39 students. One of the students recently got an award, and he was recognized by the Prime Minister uh, on, on Twitter. So that was very heartwarming that one of our students whom we supported was recognized by the Prime Minister. So in terms of uh, events that we are trying to do, we are trying to, we did uh, a conference on Vedic mindfulness, um, conference on oneness. We are planning a conference on yoga, a conference on Indic gender variance, conference on indigenous feminism, conference on Indic environmentalism. So we are, we are searching for areas that have not been dealt with before so that we can cover that. And this initiative, uh, I tried to search to find out if was there any conference of Advaita Vedanta in the last 70 years. I couldn't find it. Uh, Nagaraji was saying that there was one conference in Telugu on Telugu literature and Advaita. But this kind of a comprehensive with various themes which Nagaraji will deal about, I believe has not been done, but we need somebody to certify that. So our goal is this kind of a transformation and bringing about authenticity in our traditional teaching. And that's, that's what we are trying to do. I have my colleague here, Vinay Chandra. He's heading this initiative called Indica Yoga. We all know that yoga is very popular and yoga has got so much of dilution that has happened. So our attempt through Indica Yoga is to bring back authenticity, immersiveness and transformativeness. So we'll be shortly announcing a conference also to that extent. And as far as building an ecosystem is concerned, we are having a tie-up with several universities. We have uh, signed up uh, collaborative agreements with more than 11 Sanskrit universities around the country. Uh, so we have a, a collaboration wherein we are looking at how to engage with them. We have collaboration, our first collaboration started with uh, Chinmaya Vishwavidya Pete 
thanks to Girvani Amma and Sundar Swami Advyananda Ji, all, all of them who have been very, and we have done several events uh, with uh, Chinmay University itself. And uh, hopefully I, I've invited them to come to Hyderabad and set up a campus, looking, looking forward to that subject to their UGC <laughs> guidelines, <laughs> which seem to be limiting setting up a campus outside of this region. So uh, hopefully that will happen sometime soon and when we have Chinmaya in Hyderabad in our own uh, state. So collaborations and, 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 and building a network of engagements and, uh, is one aspect that we are doing. We are also starting vertical networks. So we have specialized networks. We have an economic network. We have a scholar network. We have several networks. And one thing I want to announce, and very, very happy to announce, some of you might have received the emails, or you will be receiving the emails tonight, is that we are launching Indic Mentor Network. The idea, and this is uh, powered by uh, a, a platform called mentorcloud.com. It's a Silicon Valley-based uh, company. And that is uh, a platform wherein if you, you can just sign up if you want to be a mentor or a mentee, tell what subjects you have, give your calendar there, and somebody can search, and if they find you, they might reach out to you, and then you can mentor. So the actual transaction of dealing with one another is between you both, and this is just a platform. So this way, we want to sign up uh, scholars from our Indic uh, wisdom, from our Shastras, from all universities. And we want to compensate them on behalf of the mentees, so that the Shastras also uh, get the compensations. So we are just launching this under the blessings of uh, Shankar Bhagwan. And then we have a grant scheme. So we help, we, we have emerged in the last few years as a, as a significant grant giving organization. So anybody who wants to do a project or scholarships or uh, events, or anybody who wants to attend the events, all kinds of uh, grants, and we've, uh, you can check our grants uh, page on um, uh, our website. So we are becoming a hub for grants. So now even endowments are reaching out to us and saying that we, have, we want to donate in these kind of causes, so would you be, would you be able to do it? So we, we, are, we have such kind of an engagements. So this way, we are building through collaborations, through grants, through these networks, we're building an ecosystem. So that's the uh, second aspect of uh, the kind of work that we're doing. Now, in just in terms of this, uh, an incident I, I read in, in a novel uh, called Sahara by Clive Klusler. Uh, and there's one airline pilot who is flying over Sahara. And the plane crashes and she dies. And this is an interesting uh, uh, story that I have read. But before that, I want to talk to you a little bit about globalization. Globalization has now we see the pushback on globalization. We see a lot of 
nationalism that is coming about in Europe and other places. And if you see the history of globalization, uh, how it started in the early 90s, it started originally, of course, it started with East India Company wanting to take over countries. So globalization actually, you can say, started there. And uh, then, of course, uh, colonizers, then uh, jobs, then uh, movement of goods, then movement of people, migration of people. Uh, but then globalization of culture also is happening. And then globalization of thought. That's the, uh, if you largely look at globalization in different buckets, then you see globalization of thought. We ourselves, if you, if you see from our early Vedic seers, they have always talked about the world, they've talked about humanity, they were never geographically centered in their sayings, in their thinking, right? So they were very global in their thinking. And then I think in uh, Manuswriti, I think, uh, the much maligned Manuswriti, there's a mention about India's destiny as a Vishwa Guru, so that we are guru to the world. So that's another form of globalization of our thought. And then we have Adi Shankara, who was born in this land, in this very uh, premises, and then how he went about unifying uh, India, unifying our thought, unifying our practices, uh, unifying uh, Vedanta, Mimamsa. There are several aspects of unification that he has done. And then he was anointed as Jagat Guru. So, Vishwaguru, India, and then Jagat Guru. And then we ask yourself, why, why was he anointed in general? There was no history. I mean, if you actually look back, there was no history of, say, Chanakya being uh, called as Jagat Guru. There was no, he was anointed as Jagat Guru. What went into their mind? Maybe they saw that one day that Advaita would be needed by the world. Maybe that they envisioned the need for Advaita as a, as, a, as, a, as a tool for peace, as a tool for personal happiness. And then they said, look, this is he, his dear world. Here is Adi Shankaracharya and he is Jagat Guru. Right? So you have this narrative of globalization of thought, you have glo globalization of our, our destiny as, uh, as Vishwaguru and Jagat Guru as Adi Shankara. That, that's the narrative. And if you see how our Vedantic thought has actually globalized and went about, first it went about in terms of the translations of our Upanishads. We know about that in the 16th century. And then those translations actually imp impacted in 16th century the US, uh, in 17th century, the famous transcendentalists, the thinkers, you know, John Adams, Emerson, David Thoreau, all of them were impacted by our wisdom, right? So you have that, that narrative that is there. I have a feeling that even Thomas Jefferson was influenced they say that when he talked about pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, it sounded very strangely like my dharma artha kama moksha, you know, pursuit of happiness. Then I looked up whether, you know, then he, I found that perhaps he, people say that he was influenced by John Locke. And then I was trying to see whether John Locke was influenced by us. But be that as it may, these were the waves of our Vedantic thought that 
was globalized. But then we had Swami Vivekananda in the 19th century. That's when in a form, not in a translation in a book, but there's a form of Bhagawan, Swami Vivekananda, landing on the shores and transforming uh, our, our uh, transforming this, that society at that point in time, the, the kind of impact that it had. And then from there you see Yogananda, then you have Swami Rama, Mahesh Yogi, and you see different Swamis till the 70s. And then we had Swami Chinmayananda, and then we had Dayananda Saraswati. We had all these Swamiji's making an impact. But then it stopped. You see? It stopped. There's a break. This break, if you ask, you know, two, about two days, two days, two decades back, it was almost like as if entire America was going to be converted into Hindus. And uh, because of this wave, everything was Vedantic. Star Wars was Vedantic. Everything, you know, there was influences. You know, a lot of artists, uh, minimalism, a lot of artists were influenced by... Uh, you know, I went to a minimalistic, conf minimalist sculpture uh, gallery, and the first thing was about, there was a saying about Rigveda. Uh, so, all that kind of a momentum was there, and then it stopped. And then the global heist of our Vedantic thought, our, our Indic thought, there was the thieving started. And this has been documented beautifully by Sri Raji Malhotraji who's come up with this unique theory of digestion. And you see several examples of how people do a U-turn and, and then go back and say, no, 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 no. And then what happened was that they are practitioners and they don't want to acknowledge suddenly. So then they go to their academics, to Lord W, Lordess W, you know who she is, or uh, Lord P. And say, please help us. We don't want to acknowledge anymore. So then they'll come and then say, okay, we'll grant you blessing. Let's erase. Let's discontinue. There is no, this is not Hinduism or this is not Vedic. Right? Let's, let's erase. Then they'll go back. No, 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 but this is obviously, uh, you know, this, we cannot deny that it's from India. No. They'll say, don't worry. We'll bring in Buddhism into picture. Let's put everything onto Buddhism. So they created a new concept that Buddha has influenced Mahabharata. Buddha has influenced Ayurveda. You can check the Ayurveda site. It talks about Buddha's influence on Ayurveda. Buddha has influenced Upanishads. So everywhere, and then Buddha, they've created a new god. They're creating a new god as we speak. And I call it Western Buddha or a white Buddha. And then they put what they don't like, they remove. Even Buddhism has rituals. Buddhism has karma as a central theory, as moksha, liberation and enlightenment as a central theory. So they don't want to, because if they say karma, then they have to remember, they have to agree to rebirth. So they want Buddhism without rebirth, which is such, such, such a central thing. So they are creating this new concept called Western Buddhism. It's fair enough, if they want to create a god, we believe in pluralism, we create gods, every village we create a god, goddess, our own goddess. So they want to create a god, no problem. The problem comes because they want to vilify us and distort us and erase our contribution systematically. And that's the problem we are facing with this. Then parallelly, there's another trend. 
there is a thing called spiritual but not religious and if you read sam harris is the latest book on waking up spirituality without religion you actually should read the book because it is a study in apathy it's a study in he says oh eastern or oh, oh, those old people have you know ignorant people have chosen it uh, right but we want to do it like this so there there is a condescending attitude uh, and he wants to follow uh, you know he'll simply say oh this uh, you know advaita and buddhism right so they're creating this new category so these are the two trends that that we are seeing the desire to erase and vilify us so it this in this context that our quest swamiji in terms of we started our journey from as advaita academy in 2010 our a journey started in advaita academy then we came to indic academy because we realized that this is the kind of uh, battles that we have to fight so our quest is that we need one more shankara we need one more shankara to fight back so if you look back 1200 years back he unified us and he debated buddhist right now 1200 years later we need one more shankara to debate these western buddhists and 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 establish sanatan dharma in the world think about it that's our quest and this conference so what are we doing for that so we started with advaita academy now we want to establish four gurukulams all over the world to teach like what uh, ramakrishna mission has done what sandeepani has done what puja swami dayanand saraswati has done to produce teachers who are grounded in traditional advaitic teaching vedantic teaching i was asking sundar how many have you produced he said about 1000 swami ji has uh, puja swami dayanand saraswati probably about 300 and ramakrishna mission i don't know you, you, you so even if you see the per capita number of traditionally trained advaita vedantic teachers is very low is 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 uh, 2000 probably and the world needs the world needs more more than 200000 it needs and the kind of trends that are happening in terms of loss of jobs in terms of you know all that is happening people have more time they will do pursuit of karma and then you know your moksha is hastened up so there is a need for a large number of teachers so that's our quest to get into people into thinking about these kind of concepts and we have initiated a strategy uh, initiated 108 ai shankara murthis we are wanting to establish around the world so we have done about three so far uh, so people do 108 height so we're doing 108 3 feet <laughs> but all over the world so there's an impact but we do believe that our thinking and our uh, our vedantic thinking our advaitic thinking is needed for global peace so he was talking about i'm a <laughs> i'm a bhakt of shankara shankar bhagwan yeah and i do it admit that and and i was there, i called him one day and said look you know why is he being ignored 
and you know this is so obvious for me he is the greatest philosopher to ever walked on this planet that's what i consider okay we can have a debate on it but <laughs> he is not even acknowledged anywhere and this pains me so i was just thinking is this i mean he is self realized so karma is not there and then has he done anything in his walk somewhere he accidentally you know killed somebody in some animal or something what is it why is he being ignored by <laughs> ignored by the world and so i was called him and he said he said don't worry he's bhagwan you don't have to worry about doing price chat for him so <laughs> so it's just a joke between us uh, uh, so but i i strongly believe that there is a need for shankar and that's the quest but even our own government swamiji even our own government we don't see the political class uh, tweeting and saying that look uh, this is shankar jayanti i i have uh, i request the government to declare shankar jayanti as the oneness day because one day in in the world just like yoga day we'll have oneness day right so but we have to make a beginning and i i i i think that the government should do that and he should be given a bharat guru award we should have for the gurus for all the jagat gurus all the acharyas we we should have a separate category called bharat guru and 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 venerate them and once again bring them back into the mainstream so this kitty hawk and the aircraft that is there so <laughs> you know <laughs> the body is pristine after so the 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 actual hero of the novel called dirk pit he is caught in sahara and is walking and all that and then he finds the body the body is preserved there's something strange because of the heat and because of the various things the, the way it is positioned the body is preserved so one day i read that and and, and i suddenly it struck me and thanks to my again going back on so i tweeted i was on social media at that time and i said look just imagine because when shankara we don't know he just walked into the himalayas so what was that what was the purpose of that i mean how why did that happen why don't we have that you know a samadhi that we can go and touch and and why what happened how did he just walked away into the, how did he spend his last days so i said i said i tweeted saying that look maybe in siachen glacier he's still there his pristine body is preserved what happens if we find and we bring him back and the whole world is united because there is oneness right and to paraphrase my swami ji you know there are people who say there's only one god he said there's only oneness and with that swami ji thank you so much for your blessings